Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Hello and welcome to this week's Countryside with Kiri Kerwood and Simon Clark. And the start of Wildlife Week, Kiri. Yes, it's already been a busy week, but there's still plenty more coming with rock pooling and bat walks and guided tours all around the Isle of Man. It's no better chance to get out and enjoy the Manx countryside. And that's one thing, I suppose... When people talk about wildlife, they they just think maybe of a, an odd bird or a creature and, and some flowers. But there's far, far more, isn't there, involved? And plenty of enthusiastic people that are willing to spread the news about it. We are lucky on the Isle of Man. We have such great open spaces that we can, you know, ramble around and take our binoculars and cameras and really, really enjoy. But to have, like you say, the experts on hand that can guide us or put us in the right direction and maybe come across an odd species that's never really been seen before. No. Oh, I went along to Tim Johnson's farm uh, at Balavari to see him, but he wasn't there, I'm afraid. <laughs> but I did catch up with him at Close Lake Farm, uh, where he was out spreading fertiliser. So I had a good old chat with Tim about uh, how things are going, uh, preparing the grass, obviously, for silage, for feeding um, cereal crops and things like that, and also uh, how things have been going uh, with the quite large dairy herd that Tim and his family uh, farm up there, Balavari. So I'll have a chat with him. And also I had a look around the Onken Centenary Park at the back of Farm Hill there. Um, Nigel Williams and Phil Corlett. Also uh, the manager of the project at the moment, uh, Falk Horning. Uh, they all showed me around and uh, had a chat with all of them. Uh, they get together on a Sunday and do little bits of the time. And it's really taken shape up there now. It's only in the early sort of uh, parts of it, but uh, you know the trees they've planted and the little um, paths they've got put in really is. We'll be nice. all here for years to come, won't it? And yeah. it's just someone giving up a bit of their spare time to do it and make it nice for everyone to enjoy. Well, they must be very proud of it though, Simon. Oh yes, they are. You can hear all that now in this week's Countryside in Detail. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. I took a trip to see Tim Johnson, one of the northern dairy farmers from Balavari Farm up there, just down the outskirts of Andreas. Well, I caught up with him at Close Lake Farm on the way to Ramsey. He was out sowing fertiliser. And I put it to Tim for once, some bright sunshine. Yeah, very welcome. Very welcome indeed, Simon. It's been a long time, a long wait. I think everybody's feeling that way. I think farming or not, I think everyone's just fed up with the the long, relentless winter we've had. Really pleased to see some sunshine, yeah. Met you out now and got the fertiliser spread here. I'll not keep you too long from getting this sown, but is that behind as well? well? We'll talk about the dairy cows a little bit later, but as preparing fields for crops and grass? Yeah, I mean, I think we're about three weeks behind here on this on this farm. I'm certainly talking to other, other people. I think they, they feel the same, really. We're a uh, long way behind, not being able to just get onto land because it's so wet obviously not seeing the grass growth so yeah there's a lot of field work to do around the island some grounds being ploughed but that sort of some ground you'd expected to see being drilled and by now uh, it's a long way off so yeah it's uh, a real knock-on effect um we you know i'm, I'm trying to get fertilizer on and there's, there's ground that i just can't get onto yet at all it's just far too wet so yeah it's uh, a long way to go. What about the effect that this has had on on the dairy cows? Obviously, would you have them out by now normally, or are they out? Yeah, I mean, ours are out now. Our high yielders are going out actually tonight for the first time. We would normally expect them to be out at least two weeks by now. Our other group would have been probably out knocking on three weeks by now normally, but they're only just, just going out. 
so yeah, it's it's real knock-on effect. So uh, uh, very late. So that's meant that we've been having to feed our winter ration for longer. So it's obviously higher cost. And you know we want to get cows out. Grass is is the best form of feed for dairy cows. Doesn't matter what you grow, what you buy in. Nothing beats grass at the end of the day. And we want they, they produce more with that. Oh yeah, they produce more, and that's that's what they want, and that's what we want to get them out onto. And uh, as soon as we can, as soon as conditions, you know, and growth is there we want to do that and that normally you'd that would have been sort of two or three weeks ago but uh but like i say i've been farming 20 years and i've certainly never seen a, a spring like it and certainly spoken to people who have been farming a lot longer than me and and they're saying the same it's it really has been a, a pretty dreadful time the milk margins they're not the best in the world for, for milk producers and this i suppose has uh, like you said you've You've got to keep them in longer, feed them in longer, and it, it all adds up, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, this is the time of year, the normally the spring, is when you, you're desperate to get the cows out. This is the time when you're looking at really cutting back on your feed costs. You're making the most of the, of the, of the best grass coming of the, of the season. That's what everyone's aiming to do, get those cows out. So, yeah, it all, it, this all adds extra costs onto the business. And, of course, you're not getting that spring yield either from the cows so uh, it'll come but it's just extra costs and delay and of course that's then a, a knock-on effect on on the business when you look at you sowing the fertilizer now obviously for the trying to get the, the first cuts of silage and mm. good grass out i mean mainly dairy yourself but do you, do you have cereal crops as well yeah we grow some cereals uh, mainly for forage for whole crop so you know it's not as much time as much time pressure for us to get it drilled as as those who are actually wanting to combine it but yeah we, we've got nowhere near any of our stubble land yet for, for plowing so this, that's that's going to be uh, that's going to be very late this year as well but i, I mean the, the, there is ground being plowed I'm, I'm seeing around and people are getting on now and making the most of this weather and we will be aiming to catch up as much as they can but this um it's delayed now but it's a few months down the line where it can affect as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think you get a winter like this, you get a spring like this, then it will knock on through the year because ground conditions take... The soil structure gets damaged, you know, so that takes time. And then, of course, you're looking then to sort of catch up on your on your forage growth and getting your, getting your silage made and potentially will have effect on yields on, on cereal crops as well. So it can have a knock-on effect that you felt through the rest of the year, really. Yeah. What about uh, the winter? How has it been for you as a dairy farmer, uh, cow-wise, <laughs> <laughs> heifer-wise, bullock-wise? <laughs> yeah, it's been a tough winter on all livestock. It's been a lot colder than, than normal. But yeah, as, as, as far as the industry is concerned, the milk price hasn't been, hasn't been too bad. We've seen over the last 18 months sort of an improvement in milk price from a very low point, especially in the UK, it was a very low point. But of course it's cyclical and you know we're now seeing things plattering off and uh, we're seeing some prices dropping again now in the UK market. So, and that's the way that the industry is now. The cycles are, are very short. It used to be that you would see a cycle over three or four years and now really year to year, we're seeing quite big changes in, in price in world markets. It's very volatile. Why are they going down? Uh, nothing else seems to go down. <laughs> no, that's always seems to be the case, isn't it? It's just the, the basic market and supply and demand. Um, you get good production in, in the main milk producing parts of the world. And of course, we have then excess product on market. That then depresses the price. That's just the way of the world in the, with commodities, any commodity really. So yeah, it's a constant challenge for all in farming really. Yeah. Dairy farmers... Uh, 
obviously get uh, trying to reproduce more animals on the farm heifers <laughs> obviously are the mm. in thing that you can use again when they're older for keeping your replenishing your milk production that's cows right. what about the male side of it or can you use the the semen that's you know and choose the sex more now yeah well that's what we try and do more mm. of now we, we, we're using more and more of the sex semen to try and uh, produce as many heifers as we can we're needing 50 to 60 heifers a year coming into our dairy herd that many for replacements yeah Yeah, that's 20 to 25 percent replacement rate is sort of the norm within the industry really so um, we maximize sex semen as as much as we can to produce as many heifers as we can yeah but all in all once this sun is out now the birds are singing hopefully it'll be an improvement for the summer and uh You'll carry on farming and dairy farm with a smile on your face? Well, you know, all farmers <laughs> are the same. At the end of the day, we keep, we keep going, whatever. Try to be optimistic. Yeah, when the sun, when the sun comes out, everyone feels a lot better. So, uh, yeah, try and put this long winter behind us and, and look ahead. Yeah. I was talking there to Tim Johnson, northern dairy farmer. Fairly happy with things. Things a little bit behind, like we've said over the last few weeks, Kerry, haven't we? And, the, and that knock-on effect that they worry about. He's just about uh, had enough feed in store, but of course, you know, just got the, the cows finally out on the fields and be out jumping and skipping with their legs in the air, aren't they? Oh, they look really well when they're out and they're going out just down our way too as well. But it, it is such a delight to get them out of the sheds and they do so much better when they're out at grass as well. But uh, this sunshine on their backs will definitely help everybody at the moment. It will. And also it's, uh, it's nice to see Manx Wildlife Week underway, Kiri. It really is. It's nice for everyone to get out and enjoy the Manx countryside and what an opportunity it is. We're partway through the Manx Wildlife Week now and I caught up with two people from Manx National Heritage, Laura McCoy, the curator of natural history, and Jude Dickin, the collections information manager. So we are launching the National Biodiversity Network Atlas Isle of Man. So Jude, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? The website is isleofman.com nbnatlas.org and for the first time the Isle of Man is getting its own National Biodiversity Network Atlas which means we've got over 800,000 records of species wow. yeah exactly that's huge we want to get we want to get to a million for the end of the year but all these records are recording sightings of wildlife on the Isle of Man and its waters it's a free website you can go on there and find out everything you'd ever want to know about basking sharks seven spot ladybirds spur dog sharks all the rest so we've just launched that website and we kind of thought you know what this is a great opportunity it's not just launch a website but actually show people how they can get out in the countryside and start recording wildlife themselves and how do they go about recording it obviously you'll spot something weird and wonderful in the countryside how do they do they log onto the website and just jot it down there are some apps that you can download things like iRecord so they're a really good way of being able to note down the information because it's really important to get the data really accurate so exactly where were you when was it what is it also that's a really good way of verifying your data as well because if you say oh well I think it's that but I'm (laughs) not sure what that does is it gets sent to an expert and then they correct it for you and then that gets added to the NBN Atlas Isle of Man. But another great way because you know I'm not a wildlife recorder I'm kind of new to this as well so I'm learning a lot from Laura and also from the likes of DEFA Max Wildlife Trust but if you're interested in going out there and recording well come along to the Manx Wildlife Week 
the expo that we're going to have on at Eye Museum and Eye Museum building is just down from the Manx Museum and that's going to be on the 25th of April that's Wednesday Wednesday yeah. the 25th of April 7 till 9 p.m it's just a drop-in it's, it's free. free Laura what will, what will be happening there there'll be representatives from lots of different groups so people like the Max Wildlife Trust, us. It's a perfect way for groups to get together, isn't it, really? Yeah. And for people to come under one umbrella to, yeah. to meet up and mingle yeah. and, and get to know these local organisations. Yeah, so things like Manx, the Manx Back Group. So all these different organisations, different wildlife organisations, which are so informative and so involved with sort of the conservation of these animals and plants. And they'll be able to tell you a little bit more about it. And they'll also bring along lots of weird and wonderful things you to look at and they'll show you and you know invite you along to how you can get involved and join the group so that's really important there's nothing like coming along and meeting the experts sort of face to face and sort of saying hey I'd like to get involved in that when when are your next meeting when can I help so yeah it's a real fab opportunity so that's Wednesday the 25th but also you've got a really busy week ahead still you know with the hedgehogs helping hedgehogs and also Simon King yes we've got Simon King Um, so the lecture that he's going to be doing on the Friday Friday is sold out but exclusively we've got places for 10 people to spend a whole day with Simon out on the Saturday he will be taking them out and doing like a, a wildlife watching masterclass so things like how to track animals properly how to observe them appropriately so that maybe you don't disturb them the kind of equipment that you might need the techniques that you can use and and you know this man's an expert who's been doing this for decades just being being able to watch him and and see how he moves through the countryside I think will be just a fabulous opportunity so it's available online now yep the masterclass is going to take place on Saturday the 28th of April all information is on our what's on our Manx National Heritage what's on website or you can call in at the Manx Museum shop but there are only 10 places this is very exclusive and this is actually simon's first visit to the island as well so he's really excited to be here we're so excited to have him here so you can go on your very own spring watch oh wow <laughs> what pret- an opportunity Boom. from <laughs> you can pretend you're kate humble or bill rd or whoever you know you can go on your very own spring watch with simon but there's only 10 places so it's first come first served it's 50 pounds for the day but you will get then a whole day with Simon King. Now, I do have to state, I have been told that Simon is an early bird (laughs) to catch the worms and the birds. So I think it will be an early start, so people need to be prepared to be out there at like 6.30 in the morning. So it's not the Manx trade allure style then. (laughs) But if you're not an early bird, there is evening events as well, ladies. The Wildlife Expo is in the evening, and that's. But then we've also got the Helping Hedgehogs. That's in the afternoon. That that will have live hedgehogs there that have been rescued and are recovering, and and we're they're going to bring them in so we can have a little look at them. Wednesday. Which is on the Saturday, the twenty eighth, and that's in the afternoon. And I think it's from one till three at the Eye Museum. Then we've got the Bat Walk. Now that's going to be a little bit late. That's for your night owls because that's going to be. I think that starts at like half past eight and it goes on till about half ten at night. And that's because you have to wait until the bats wake up. <laughs> what a brilliant opportunity! You know, where would you ever go or have the experience to find them on your own? You know, this is perfect, isn't yeah. it? So to find out the details, do go on our website. But it's going to be at the Raggett, and and so yes, we'll meet there and then the Manx Bat 
group will take us out um, into that area and, and, and they'll have they'll bring all of the bat echo locators with us so we'll be able to listen for them. So that's I'm really looking forward to that. But then we've also got guided walks at the airs and that's on the 29th of Sunday. We do have rock pooling but I'm afraid that's sold out instantly like within two days i think everybody on the isle of man loves rock pooling <laughs> yeah we're so surrounded with the sea i suppose it's only natural to want to go and explore and find out isn't it but what an opportunity ladies to have such events put on to learn and yeah. and you know link and connect the community you know with yeah. the countryside and get to speak to the experts as well you know get to speak to the people that are out there every day you know living it and and helping what we really want to do you know this is 2018 manx wildlife week we're looking to do 2019 Manx Wildlife Week and onwards so we will respond to demand and what people find want more of or we obviously need to put on more rock calling events <laughs> as people of the rock pools but what we'd really like to come out of the week as well is you know we want people to learn and to become more expert in recording as well and you might be scratching your head and thinking well how do I do that I don't know there are experts on the island who are, who are dying to to share their knowledge and to get you up to speed being a wildlife expert as well we at manx national heritage and at defa and the manx wildlife trust were all of us wanting to support that the thing that it feeds back into is that it's really important to record wildlife because we need to know what we're losing it's essential isn't it to see if we can slow it or stop it because animals do become extinct yeah yeah i mean we need a baseline we need to know what's out there and to be able to do that we have to get people out and, and and you know we are not everywhere we're relatively small organizations you know if you think about the number of people that we are and the population of the island you know if you can get thousands of people out there recording things that's a lot more effective than say 10 or 20 so the more we see the more data we have the more of an idea that we get of what we have and then we can continue to monitor it to see how it changes over time so what animals and or plants are struggling what things are doing really well what are the effects of climate change? You know, all of those things get answered with the more data that you have. We're a really unique island in that way. And I know that word unique can often be, you know, overused. But I think actually when you look at biodiversity, we really are. We are a UNESCO biosphere. We're the first island nation to be given that status. And part of Manx Wildlife Week is having fun and enjoying yourself out in the wildlife but it also has that serious message underneath as Laura said about recording wildlife valuing what we've got really valuing it and then really celebrating it mm. and sharing that yeah. through the website so isleofman.nbnatlas.org it's live now go on there go and see what's what's out there on our island and share your your thoughts and records and feedback with us yeah that was laura mccoy curator of natural history and jude dickon collections information manager from manx national heritage it's lovely to hear enthusiastic people who more or less dedicate their time completely to these sort of ventures uh, particularly in the the wildlife side of the isle of man they really have spent a great deal of time getting all the, the website up and running now so people can register their information that they find in the countryside and also all the organizations coming together for the wildlife expo at the eye museum on wednesday night it'll be just a really great evening for people to go along and see what we have here on the island yeah and uh, it would surprise people what's here isn't it it really is yeah. and and what people can spot out in the countryside and, and note down, just all little bits of information they can take away and enjoy when they're out walking. Yeah, because there's so much technology involved now compared to, like I said, when I was a kid, 
you were lucky to you had to keep it in your brain really because you never, <laughs> never even had a pen or a piece of paper with you but now of course you can just take a photograph straight away of something let people have a look at it and there's so many people new, like with that knowledge yeah. that can shared and and obviously recording it and maybe it's a rare species that maybe has never really been spotted before so so who knows what's out there but there's plenty of experts on hand to give information plenty of rare species on the island isn't there <laughs> Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, I got invited along to have a look at the Onken Centenary Park. It's there at the back of Farm Hill. I went along and spoke to some of the volunteers, particularly Nigel Williams and also Phil Corlett. But firstly, I spoke to Falk Horning, who is the current manager of the project. And I firstly, I asked him where his interest in it began. I am one of the directors of the Woodland Trust. And we've been working in this area here for the last three years. It used to be a former tip here and we have planted now around 2,000 trees in the school area. Of special mention is this one area which is called the commemorative remembrance area of the servicemen who died in the First World War. We planted 1,160 trees for them and a few extra also in remembrance of that. The British Legion and Tesco helped us with the funding of this project, but this was predominantly driven by the volunteers who come here every Sunday from 11 to 1 and have put in hundreds of hours over the years entirely for free and driven forward this project. You've showed me a book here of when you first got your group together and had a look at this and it, it did look have that old tip look about it and it's marvelous to see the progression in them photographs to how it's looking even now yes thank you that's good to hear one of the masterminds of this or the, the mastermind really of this project was clive martin who has had the idea and the drive forward to initiate it and to get the people in originally since then we have had many different people here some come in here um, one Sunday, help a little bit, maybe take a few weeks off and then come back here again to help us. So it's always a few people coming in, a few dropping off, and it has been marvellous over the years, really. Nigel Williams, uh, you're involved uh, in this project as well. It's bigger than you think. Yes, there's about 25 acres, I believe. We've got separate areas. We've got a, an original woodland area, and beyond that we've got the orchard. We've planted... The orchard, was it already there with the fruit trees? Or? No, it wasn't. Ah. No, there was some wild Victoria plums there that we've trimmed back. Hopefully they'll come up again this year. But we've planted apple trees, pear trees. A cherry which was donated. Yeah, cherry trees. Mm. We've also got some walnuts, pine. We've got a quite a selection, hazelnuts. We've got mm. quite a selection down there, yes. How long have you been involved in it now? About 18 months. Yeah. What brought you to here? Are you, are you a resident around the area? I live actually in Douglas, but mm. um, I wanted to come back to get some fresh air and I bumped into these two guys here that we're talking to today. Mm. It's like a... Well, it's like my home up here. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I love it up here, yeah. And what is the... Is it just somewhere... It's a way... It's just far enough, I suppose, away from the road and the busy noise. It's very tranquil here, and you get to see the seasons. And while we once you work and keep working, you see the seasons developing, and, it, and as it develops, and you feel that something's happening all the time. Obviously, nature is taking its place in some areas, and we've tied it up to make 
the pathway through to uh, the, the cross that the British Legion have involved themselves. So, but it's just peaceful at different times of the year. What about when you're here every day? Do you notice a change in it yes. yourself? Even? Yes, you do, yes. Yeah. And you feel proud as well that you've achieved something from nothing when it was a tip and looking very messy. And look at it, as you said, today. It's looking beautiful. Phil Caller, you've spent a, a lot of time up here at this park as well. Um, as Nigel said, it must be quite rewarding to see the progress you've made in quite a relative short time, I suppose. Yeah, I think Falk and I started coming up, and it, originally it was only three of us. I mean, Clive Martin started it. Falk and I had come up, and we sort of got more and more involved. Just cracked on from there. I mean, we've moved bags of cement off here, old fridges, you name it. There's, there's stuff dumped everywhere, and it's, it's been cleaned up a whole lot. You know, it's, it's real nice now. I see that there's a beautiful pond there as well with some benches that have been put around it now. How natural is that pond? It's a man-made thing. It was a digger that pulled it out, but it's, it's worked really well. I mean, at the start of the season now, you can't see an awful lot, but as it goes on in the summer... There's an all sorts of water, water flowers. Alamo Woodland Trust has planted a number of uh, water plants around it. We've had ducks and ducklings in there. We've had probably about 15 ducklings at one time. They had two clutches they did. And it's a beautiful spot to look up the hills because I come up here. Well, the other anglers, I've got a couple of beehives up here, so I'm up here for an evening. You want a walk down there to look up the hills is, is just very relaxing. But it's, it's, it's not just yourselves that can come up here though that's the beauty of this isn't it it's a public park yeah and a lot of people just don't know it's here it's you come up top of Virgil there's a little uh, footpath there you come through and then you come through a side gate you know we've got a number of residents coming up here but not many people know about it because we've had people come up here and said didn't even know it was here mm. so uh, it's nice when they say and it's a real improvement real improvement you got more to do yet I suppose it's just an ongoing project is it to yeah, there seems to be something to do uh, every weekend. Uh, we, we're up here sometimes twice a week. There's an area over by the entrance there that the Alaman Friends of the Earth's going to pay for to be seeded with uh, wildflowers. So that'll be a nice area, quite a big area. One other thing is the community service comes up here quite regularly and they're a big help, we must say. They, they do an awful lot of work for us as well. It's really good. And can I just say while we're on, the Alaman Woodland Trust is looking for people who have land and if they'd like trees planted on it, please get in touch with us. You know, either through the, the website or Facebook. We've got a good page on there. Please get in touch because we, we could do with more land to plant trees on. And Folk as well, you, you seem to have had the help of uh, some of the, the younger generation of the island as well with the project. Yes, it is very much a community project. We've had three schools coming up here, planting a good number of trees. They enjoyed very much the experience. The current manager of the Onken Centenary Park project, Falk Horning, and also Nigel Williams and Phil Corlett, uh, showing me round that uh, wonderful piece they've got there, converted it from a former tip area, and that beautiful the cross and the British Legion area there, the pond and all the trees they planted and the orchard. It really is taken shape now you know it's not the finished project yet and they're up there as they said um, volunteering and doing work on the Sundays and it's just in a couple of years time two three years time that really is going to be a special place to visit and you can visit it now. It's great that open spaces are available for us to go and enjoy and when people are putting so much effort in and maybe you can go and contribute as well you do really enjoy them spaces and can be so peaceful, can't they? Yeah, and that bit's um, where it is. It, it, you can look back towards the Craig Bar and the mountains, and it was beautifully clear. Um, you know, when I went to see them at the weekend, and it was just the view was amazing yeah. as well. But uh, they really are passionate and really seem to enjoy doing it together. You know, and uh, they've got a little book there, as we mentioned, and it's got the pictures from the start of the project. 
and how it's been going along. So it's uh, very, very interesting. To have enthusiastic people like that taking up a bit of rough ground and making it into something special is so rewarding and it's something that's there for everybody in the community. And wait till uh, the Cregnant Bar and all the heather comes out. It'll be such a lovely view, mm, won't it? certainly will. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, that really is uh, a nice place to have a view over towards the Cregna Bar and the mountains where that Onken Centenary Park is there. It uh, really is great that they volunteers get together and all seem to get on really well and help each other out and, you know, just get on with making that a really special place but there's nothing worse than seeing a rough piece of ground and nothing getting done with it so to have an idea like that and actually come into the fore it must be really rewarding for not only the volunteers but like i say it'll be there for years to come for everybody to enjoy and uh, it gives inspiration to do other parts of the island maybe well that's right and uh, of course it would uh, people invited there to take their kids along as well and they can help out and just you know help put little plants in and things like that and help to move and, and do redo the paths with the with the you know the wood uh, chipping things and uh, there's plenty to do for them and it would get them out of the house isn't this it this is a it it's a contribution and something yeah. to be proud of yeah tim johnson fairly happy just a little bit worried that things are behind them three or four weeks you know with getting uh, grass ready for the silage cuts and uh, planting crops and uh, you know just I suppose he's one of the, the fortunate ones that had enough feed to keep them inside uh, for that length of time isn't it? If the weather comes right now it'll come good quite quickly especially a bit of heat about and all being well you know the winter will be put behind us and we can have positive thoughts for the spring and summer ahead now. Yeah, plenty of positivism, if that's the correct word, in the wildlife uh, week, wasn't it? It's been a very yeah. busy week so far for them and long may it continue with lots more events coming up, especially that expo on the Wednesday evening to get down and, and see what all's happening down there at the Eye Museum. But uh, we'll leave it there for this week's Countryside. We're back next week with more. So from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kerry Kermit. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.